Welcome to the Omni Gamers Club podcast. This is Mark Uesa. And this is Daniel Winter. And we are the podcast that talk about games, board games, video games, and, and all that. I think we are on episode eight now. We have quite a few episodes <laughs> under our belt now. It's a, it's a real thing. Chugging along. We're shifting our direction and talking about a few more games, at least in the brief. So, Daniel, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other games that you've been playing lately? So I have, I managed to meet up with a friend last week. We had some Kickstarter projects to exchange. I'd collected one for him and he'd collected one for me. So we, we met up and did a little back and forth and managed to make some time to sit down and, and play some games there and then. Uh, so w- one of which was, was, was one of those Kickstarters and that is Kabuto Sumo, a new game from designed by Tony Miller and published by Board Game Tables, and it's just fulfilled on Kickstarter. And I presume it's it'll be available on their website soon, if not now. But it's a dexterity game uh, inspired by those old uh, arcade machines where you're dropping in coins onto a moving platform that you're trying to get the coins to fall in such a way that the platform pushes coin more coins off if you know what i mean it's uh like a, a a gambling dexterity game i guess this is emulating that but with a circular arena uh and beautiful artwork by Quanchai maria and the theme being dueling bugs or beetles i guess uh it's the correct term they're of, of various types you stag beetle you dung beetle uh all those all those classics and you're basically taking turns pushing discs onto the central arena, uh, both pushing pushing off other discs to give yourself both ammo for future turns, but ultimately trying to push off your opponent's disc. It's a very very fun little game. It's it's not it's it's pretty light on the rules. It's not particularly strategic or like much going on in terms of design, but it is absolutely a fun. It was designed by the by Tony with his son in mind. And I can very much see that being a great family kids game. I can vouch for that as well. I also have a copy of Akaboto Sumo. I will talk a little bit about a, a video game. I just wrapped up the Marvel Avengers campaign, which, spoiler alert, that's what we're going to be talking about <laughs> for our main segment. So I was looking for another game. So I booted up an old game I've been meaning to try out. It's called Crackdown 3. Don't know oh. if you've tried this one, Daniel, but it's almost retro at this point now. It's a third-person action game with open world with RPG elements. So it has some overlap with the game we're going to be talking about <laughs> in our main segment. So I thought that might be nice as a point of comparison. Now, I've played some of the other installments of the Crackdown series. I think number one. Number two was fair to say universally panned as a bad iteration and even number three did not live up to the hype that they were trying to build up i think it was like a a early xbox one release that they were trying to really hype i'm happy to report that it's actually a pretty fun game i booted it up and you know i remember these games i remember games from this generation it's refreshing sometimes to try a game that's very sort of juvenile <laughs> that has very Mindless, simple <laughs> you know actually there's a lot of good things going for this game i would say of its genre it's a really adequate open world cause mayhem game you know i much prefer this to something like grand theft auto which is in the news recently never got into the grand theft auto games because you know i don't want to be a scuzzy gangbanger in my you know spare time <laughs> you've you plenty of that in your real life obviously so <laughs> yeah exactly uh nine to five right <laughs> But this game, Crackdown, and the whole series has all been about just feeding your endorphins with collecting these little shiny orbs and seeing your numbers go up and (laughs) having your character do these ridiculous jumps. It's funny, the night I started it, I had forgotten that uh, the celebrity voice in this game is Terry Crews. Right, yes, I remember seeing some of the ads around that. (laughs) I just watched the Brooklyn Nine-Nine finale with my wife. And lo and behold, like the next night, I boot up Crackdown 3 and there's his voice booming away, (laughs) this bombastic, over-the-top character. And basically, that's just it. That's where I'll leave it, is this game is fun. It's old school. I wouldn't say it's brainless. It's even a little bit, you know, fairly polished for the genre. 
I would recommend trying it out if you just want just a laugh. You know, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's a lot more fun. You know, even the cop theme is a little bit toned down because you're kind of helping these these refugees out because there's this environmental crisis. So it's not even about being cops and taking down two-bit crooks. It's very much like a show I enjoyed from the 80s called Mask. Oh, I think it was before my time. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of around that G.I. Yeah, Joe period. I get confused with period. the mask. So. <laughs> mask was about these international super cops or whatever that had ridiculous transforming vehicles. If that excites you as a little juvenile inspiration, then try out Crackdown. It's at least good for a laugh. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've not tried any of those. I, I My only knowledge of that is, I think it was the original. The original included a, a, a beta for one of the Halo games, and that was why it did so well. It was a sleeper, sort of get your Halo demo here. So everyone rushed out to buy that. But uh, I, I like the idea of, of the collectathons and the sort of very much movement focused. Uh, like I, I think it's like you collect orbs that increase your jump. That's right. That let you jump higher to get more orbs and this, this endless skin a box. <laughs> As you said, numbers go up. Sometimes what you need is a little bit of mindless destruction. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, well, speaking of, of, of mindless destruction, and along with some mindful distru- destruction, destruction. Let's, let's have a mindful description of our, our next game. <laughs> okay, let's just take a break and we'll come back with our main segment. Today we are talking the, I think, our first big triple A game on the podcast, and that is. Marvel's Avengers. Uh, the, the Marvel is very much part of the title there. <laughs> you search for it under under M in in, in your library. Uh, so it is a action adventure game that was released last year, I think about September last year, twenty twenty. Developed by Crystal Dynamics, who is you'll probably know from the Tomb Raider games. I think is there is their most recent standout series which i which i played all of and, and quite enjoyed those games they were they were they were oh actually i didn't i didn't, I didn't play the third one but the first two were great games yeah i think crystal dynamics had a hand in the newer deus ex games oh okay back in the day i think they were involved in a little platformer called gex oh <laughs> if i remember correctly and even back to way back in the day a really interesting 3D adventure title called Soul Reaver for PlayStation 1. Do you, do you want to describe a little bit about how this game plays? This game has a bit of a multiple personality disorder, but <laughs> before I delve too deeply into that, ostensibly, it's a third-person action-adventure game. It has RPG mechanics built in. It's very character-driven. Uh, it features multiple characters from the uh, very popular uh, Avengers cinematic universe, although it's not the cinematic universe license. It's just those main Avengers. It's highly cinematic in its single-player mode, but it has a strong component of it. design is cooperative multiplayer with game-as-a-service elements built in. Yeah, I mean, it's like games-as-service is obviously the elephant in the room and... and- the game has had no shortage of, of, of criticisms in regards to that. But we, we, we didn't really delve too much into that side of things. We mostly stuck to the their campaign up front. But I think there's no denying that the, the games of service sort of being forced into it affected the whole game from the top down. This game certainly has had a mixed reception. But before we delve into that, uh, I think uh, I played through the main campaign, which has had a few expansions since then. I think you recently just beat it. Is that right? Literally half an hour ago, I just managed to wrap up the final boss. There you go. It's fresh in your mind. Cutting it close to the the wire there. Typical uh, superhero timing. Very nice. This game, um, it has a very strong, a very, you know, developed, I should say, single player campaign. But even within the campaign, it forces you to touch some of those multiplayer, semi-open world levels with some AI companions or, or you know, human companions, as, as we also tried a little bit. Yeah, we, we tried a, couple, a, a multiplayer game, and fortunately, we, we couldn't get our headsets working, so it was mostly just us 
following each other around and and wailing on on people. Uh, and that was good fun. Um, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of these side uh, missions that are all pretty pretty generic, but I, I did a couple of those as I was leveling up through the main campaign, but you don't really have to touch them at all completely. I think you have to do like one or two to collect some resources towards the end of the campaign, but largely you can ignore those as a, as a separate standalone thing. We're not going to spoil everything about this game, but we're going we're gonna to cover some generalities. Uh, for instance... There's a very staged uh, sequence wherein uh, you meet your protagonist, who's uh, a lesser-known character in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you know, very popular character of late in the comics, Miss Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel herself, which was not a highly promoted character within the uh, initial marketing material. No, is she is she even on the the, the cover art with the, the big hero group shot? I'm not sure. I think she must be by now, um, yeah, with her, you know, giant fists uh, stretched out like uh, she often is. But, you know, I think she's a fantastic character. She's young, impressionable. She's not a superhero. And it opens up in a very explosive fashion. You got your Iron Man, your Captain America, your Black Widow, uh, Bruce Banner before he hulks out. And then you have your Thor attending this sort of celebration of the Avengers. Uh, and as you might imagine, uh, this uh, sort of disaster happens, which causes them to jump into action. Uh, I think that's meant to sort of be the explosive opener, right? You're supposed to be riveted by the character's abilities. And I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought it was a little overwhelming. Yeah, it, th- it throws you in the deep end there. I mean, you, you have that introduction with Kamala, and th- that, that is one of the stronger elements, I think. Uh, I mean, that was one of the ma- ma- the main interests in playing the game. I, I am quite a fan of the Miss Marvel comics, one of the few I have read. And so I was really keen to see her get a, a depiction on the, on the big screen. And, you, and you, the, she really is the point of view character here. So the, all the tutorialization is from her perspective. And, that, and, that, and that, that's, done, that's done quite nicely. But then once things go bad, uh, you've got, you're basically playing through each of the the characters in a little bit tasting, tasting a little bit of, of, the, of the Thor gameplay and a little bit of the Iron Man gameplay. And it's just jumping back and forth and letting you try a little bit of the, of all the characters, but you really don't have much time to, to really grok what those mechanics are. And I, I don't know. I don't think those, the characters are really sold particularly well when, as when they're first introduced, they're in their sort of rock star hero vibe and very much suffers from, not being the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of fan reaction was pretty negative to the characters' designs, and and I don't I don't think that was entirely fair. I mean, I I have you know read Marvel comics in the past, and I know that every few years there's a different stylistic interpretation of a character or a costume, and I know that you know the Marvel movie way is not the only way, so. I was not surprised that there would be a different interpretation, but I think a lot of the character designs were fairly universally panned. Uh, and, you know, that, that's unfortunate because it, it started it off on a pretty bad footing. But um, on a related note for this game, yeah, I thought that um, the first mission was very ambitious, but it, it got the game off on an on a awkward footing because there's a really slow, intentionally slow sort of 3D third-person adventure game component where you're Kamala Khan and basically you're doing this sort of scavenger hunt style mission. So already you're you're going against type, right? We're sort of promised this is going to be a big action game. Then you slow down and you're this super intimate little adventure game. Collect and the then it, it, <laughs> right, and then it, it explodes, and then it's this bombastic Hollywood blockbuster where you're fast cutting between all these characters and being just bombarded with their individual character abilities and having to you know basically basically play as them for five minutes at a time to get through this very very ambitious mission with tons of set pieces and you know really like true to form Marvel Cinematic Universe style action so kudos that for them for trying it but they're already having this juxtaposition of styles that don't exactly work with each other the, the rhythm and the timing is already off to a little strange footing that's how i felt 
Yeah, there's a little bit of tonal whiplash uh, at the beginning there, balancing the the going straight from the sort of the wide-eyed innocence of Kamala to bam, you're in the middle of it. And I mean, especially it does feel a bit um, schizophrenic there. Like you, you, you're playing the Hulk, and you just have a chance to feel like you're getting something at the grips with how those mechanics work. And bam, you're Iron Man, and you just starting to get the feeling <laughs> for how he works. Bam, you're, you're you're the Thor, and it's just you, you don't know which. It's really hard to sort of get a feel for what the game's trying to do when you're just jumping back and forth constantly. You played this entirely on your Series X, is that right? Yes, yeah. So I mean, I I, I have the the, the I'm lucky enough to have the, the top tier console, so the, the the best experience in terms of performance, at least. So I didn't really have any issue there. And I mean, with the quick resume, I could bounce back between. I, I could only hit, take so much of it at a time, so it was easy to bounce back and forth between that and something else. <laughs> Let me tell you that I uh, installed the demo of this on my, you know, a few years old PC, which I play plenty of, you know, fairly recent games on. But it's not bleeding edge, and it basically chugged mm. in this initial sequence because it's you know it's loading in so many assets, it's jumping between all of these characters quickly, and it really you know f- was heaving trying to uh, keep up with the intensity of the action. So so definitely uh, you're going to need some strong hardware like the latest consoles to play this, or really powerful PC. Of course, uh, if you are on Game Pass Ultimate, you you got um, X Cloud. At your disposal and, and that worked really well for me so i recommend that for sure and then from that scene onward uh, you get a, a number of scenes really early on where you're just playing with one or two characters and i don't know how that felt for you but that reminded me a lot of some of the more intimate single hero superhero games like uh what is it you know, spider-man it's, exactly for the the playstation spider-man i think it's by insomniac right it sounds about right yeah that was my closest comparison uh, because, you know, let's face it, some of Kamala Khan's abilities, like the swinging, is kind of a little bit reminiscent of Spider-Man, right? For sure, um, yeah. And, and that little intimacy of having a little bit of action, a little bit of adventure game, just put me right back as a good comparison to the PlayStation Spider-Man, which is a, a positive, I think. Mm-hmm. They did a pretty great job of stylizing those early missions I don't, just the art assets in this game are top notch. Yeah, I mean we're, we're, those first parts of the of the main campaign after the tutorial, those first parts where things really slow down and are a lot more focused. I think are some of the strongest parts of the game. Like you have some of the more unique settings. You've got uh, the, the pacing is a little more consistent. You've got some like sort of minor stealth sets, stealth sections, and the, the the battles are more gradually ramped up. The uh, characters are introduced in a more gradual way, and so you really have a chance to to ease into the game's mechanics. There are some things that doesn't I don't feel explains particularly well. Some of the, there's just numbers everywhere and re- ten different resources and crystals and gems every which way you turn. So some of that stuff I don't understand, but. Um, Otherwise, I think that introduction does a pretty good job. And I mean, Kamala remains like she remains the main perspective through those early parts. And again, that's, that's one of the, the strongest elements. I think that, that she she's a bit of a she can be a little cringe at times. I think, but in a way that feels authentic for someone her age. She's still a teenager, uh, and so it's, she feels authentically awkward um, in, in j- just the right balance. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought she was actually the ideal and the right choice to be sort of your character representative, you know, sort of being inducted into this Avengers universe, right? Because we're none of us playing our superheroes, I trust. And uh, she's, she's great because obviously um, she's got that youthful enthusiasm, maybe because she was not highly marketed you know maybe that led to some of the negative reaction from let's let's be honest some of your you know your traditional fanboys emphasis on the boys who might not be with uh, a lesser known female superhero especially a younger a muslim person. superhero too. yeah precisely yeah i imagine a few people got uh, a bit of a shock <laughs> with that with that i uh, i don't recall her being marketed at all as as being so central to the game i mean yeah. and, but it's it's a good perspective in that it's it's it's, it's basically her origin story so you, you get your obligatory origin story there while still getting the rest of the classic avengers in their prime so you don't have to worry about setting them up. 
Exactly. She's the Peter Parker. She's she's the Miles Morales of, of this particular game, and I thought she was just the right choice for it. Basically, missions from there on take on the form of basically Kamala and friends putting the gang back together, right? Putting the band back together. They go on <laughs> yeah. the road and they collect Avengers along the way because the after that... Hope sold, uh, van. <laughs> right, right. Basically, after that terrible event, the Avengers have a bad name and you know, Kamala is the true believer. She's, you know, one of the last true believers who is keeping the faith and keeping the flame alive. She's the glue that, that keeps them, that pulls them back together again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a super cheesy storyline, but I think the performances are great or the characterizations are great in terms of the animations. Like say what you will about how the characters don't look like the Marvel actors. Just put that aside. I think they did some really nice virtual performances in the end some characters definitely i had preferences over the others but uh just the relationship that kamala had with her dad Mm, really touching like fantastic work they did there so that part of it i I definitely um give kudos to yeah I, i i do think the the character performances are objectively good in this game i'll, I'll say that the, like the the voice acting is great the performances are, are good the, the thing is I mean, they're, they're, they're really putting themselves in a hard place here they're going up against the, the, the biggest movie franchise of all time ostensibly i'm sure you could say that by some metric or another so they're really going going up against a lot of pre-held expectations there that they can't really avoid i think the the one thing you could net them on is that it's not they're not really particularly distinctive depictions like they don't stand out as being particularly unique they just they're these characters pr- played pretty straight all things considered and so that i forget from comparing that to the marvel cinematic universe i think it feels a little bit uncanny valley at times but the, but the performances are are, are good once you once you get past that once you start seeing behind the scenes like once once the characters are out of their suits uh they're letting the guards down they're having those more human interactions back and forth i think you really start to get a bit a better feel for them uh and and some are played better than others like i think um for me um bruce banner was a particularly strong one probably because i mean you spend so much time with him and they were um He's one of the the lesser sort of showcased heroes in the in the movies, I guess. Uh, Black Widow felt very. I, th- I think she's the closest to her movie counterparts. Maybe the, it wasn't quite as much whiplash there. Uh, she both, both looks and sounds very, very similar to Scarlett Johansson. Uh, but, but it's like Captain America and Thor, for example, come in pretty late and don't really have a lot to do. So didn't feel particularly distinctive especially thor and his hubcap armor there <laughs> right yeah they went with the old school suit for thor which i chuckled at that i thought it was a nice touch and uh yeah you're right you know the comparison between such a big movie franchise is nigh on impossible because each of those characters had their own full-length movie to give them their their lead up right so you uh, definitely have a lot more sympathy for, you know, Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. playing their respective characters than random voice actor A and random voice actor B. Although, you know, great voice actors. I mean, they were very Nolan North Troy Baker voices. They were, oh, they were for good, sure. but those voices stand out so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Some, some characters got short shrift. Some characters did an amazing job. I thought they made some interesting choices with um, some secondary characters, which... I'm not going to spoil at this point. Maybe we'll have like a spoiler wall. Yeah, there's we not too many about. things to cover there, but we'll, we'll, we'll throw it in at the end. So let's talk a little bit in generalities a bit more. So at a certain point, Kamala and her gang, you know, get a sort of a base of their own and they gain access to this thing called the war table. I think they call it. It's like this 3D representation of the world. That's the hub literally, where you're going to start choosing your missions and you're going to get a lot more, what's the word, non-linear in terms of the missions you choose. Although basically it's hub and spoke model. Basically, you're going to come back to the main access point once you hit the the primary missions. Yeah, there's like half a dozen different types of side missions. I mean, they do they do give the symbol for the main mission, so you can just go and find that. But all the other stuff, just it's just distractions, to be honest. Like, they don't really need those so early in the main game. Like, there's, there's really yeah. no reason to grind those out unless you really want to have 
the, the latest character you unlocked leveled up high. But I mean, I I, I did one or two of those. There's there's no difficulty wise. There's never any really reason to step outside the main yeah. thoroughfare. I totally agree with you there. They actually did a fairly good job of highlighting the main mission, it, it, the main um, plot mission. It comes with a gigantic Avengers A. You can't really miss that. <laughs> and they did a nice touch where as you gain uh, access to the, the mainline heroes, you uh, also gain access to their own character arcs. So there's um, character-specific missions and, uh, you know, I like how they offered that. Like, why the heck not? Even though it sort of takes you out of the single-player experience, why not let the player choose a little bit and customize their adventure? And maybe, you know, this is the Captain America Civil War where it's it's a big, you know, ensemble cast blockbuster, but it delves into one character a little bit more. Why not let the player choose? Yeah, it basically each character gets their own side quest chain that you can do at any time and in any order once you unlock that character and I, and I do like that i did i only did one or two of them it's more the way they're laid out it's really confusing as to what mission is, is for which chain i mean i i got confused i i ended up doing the same one two or three times because i didn't realize that i'd already done it and it was i thought it was the next mission but it was just the same one again and because all missions so many of these missions look the same i i didn't even realize i like i fitted the whole thing and it's a whole second time before I'd realized. I mean, and that's, that's one of, I guess, one of the other issues is that most of these missions, whether it's a, a main mission, a side mission, a, a side character quest, they're all taking part in the same sort of semi-procedurally generated maps that are pretty samey. There's basically three to four main biomes, Northwest, Pacific Northwest, lush forest, dry, dusty badlands, and then there's like just straight up these labyrinthine high tech laboratory settings, uh, and then a couple more that I won't go into for for spoiler reasons. But outside of those biomes, you know, you're not going to see a lot. Actually, there's a Manhattan, uh, New York City, which was not nearly as fleshed out as some other um, games like spider-man the aforementioned spider-man but you know at least a refreshing take it promised a bit of open world yeah definitely a lot of asset reuse there and totally understandable for design reasons why they did that it wouldn't have been so much of an issue if they just focused on the main story but again again i think it's part of the, the games of service sneaking in uh because they they needed to, to seed that from the start with having all these side missions and and uh, stuff that you can replay as many times as you want. And so they just have these sort of semi-randomized missions that just play the same every time. Like they're, they're repeatable, sure, but they're not particularly memorable in any, in any meaningful way. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not, we, again, we have, we didn't delve into what unlocks, how, how things change after you finish that main campaign. I'm not really sure what the main goal is. We haven't even talked about some things like the RPG type elements. Mm, although like the combat, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's it's no spoiler to say you're going to play as various members of the Avengers team. They have like a close combat ability, and then they have a range combat ability, uh, and then they have sort of special abilities, like they have their like sort of supers, right? Uh, which refresh at some point. And I liked how there was a decent amount of overlap uh, between the characters, like um, Kamala Khan. She had a really nice balance between fairly speedy ranged attacks and really big body blows. Obviously, um, you know, Hulk is, is way more about the close combat, but he has these sort of slow plodding ranged combat attacks. So even though one character might be focused on one versus the other, they still have the other to some degree. Even when they chose the forced you to choose a character, you weren't completely bound by their sort of character stereotype. They all do feel somewhat distinct. You have your archetypes, obviously, there. You've got, like, both Thor and Iron Man can fly around, whereas the others are locked to the ground. Black Widow and Miss Marvel both have a, a, a grapple ability that both function the same way. Uh, well, I got a little confused as to where the lines were between what 
what mechanics are the same between characters and which are different because they all have they all have like that bar for example that is bar that gradually fills up and you can hold down a trigger to to spend that and with the hulk that'll heal you when you do attacks with others it'll increase your damage with others it will captain america blocks or, or damage and but some of them i can never remember what that is for each character you're switching back and forth and i can't remember like, okay, does this heal me does this do more damage what like how do i heal again with this character and i would have liked to see a little summary there was um some explanation about what those ability do abilities do in the upgrade screens uh, essentially sort of like borderlands or something like that uh each oh, of your skill trees yeah yeah each of your characters has their unique skill trees and then their supers you're right absolutely between all the characters are quite distinct and that i thought was great like that gave a reason to play as the different characters that made it refreshing to play as Thor versus Iron Man. Uh, they made them feel different, even though they sort of shared some of the similarities. Now, one thing I will say as a negative to the character upgrades is that a lot of the equipment that you gain, everything is sort of samey. Uh, basically, I was just chasing the bigger numbers and then the rare rarity colors. Absolutely. I mean, you have you have your gear, like your your like this an insignia, an armor, an armbands, or something. I, I remember that being one of the big complaints when the game first came out. Is that none of the gear ever changes your cosmetics? You have a skin that like you can change your skin of your entire right. character, but no matter what you equip, gear wise, you never see a change. And so it's all just empty numbers basically like you have three different types of crystals that you can equip and it's just there's no meaning or attachment to these at all other than number goes up big number make big <laughs> there was not a lot of distinction between the loot and you know there there were certainly fully fleshed out descriptions there you know this one gives you resistance against fire and this one gives you resistance against ice but you know when you're going into these sorts of missions i don't really think you're keeping that at top of your mind even the uh, character abilities i i was everything sort of felt like it was a matter of degrees it didn't really feel super impactful with the exception of a couple cases like um i think black widow went from like a single shot pistol to like a semi-automatic or something like that so mm, or you can add like a second a second charge to your ultimates basically that was quite helpful but again it doesn't really change how you play like there are so many of them it just adds five percent damage adds yeah i mean there, there are, i guess there are some combos like in the in the direct melee skill trees you, you will see some because it, it's 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 ostensibly a, a combo based game you start off with only one or two combo uh and you can gradually unlock a few more like i found one for kamala that uh basically spins her arms around her uh, that i found super useful i was just matching that for half the second half of the game uh so there, there are some things to, to find in there but it's like these skill trees are spread across three pages that you have to tab between it's, it's just a, it's not particularly intuitive digging through there and trying to figure out what you want or what to aim for really so the RPG system, I felt, was totally superfluous. Yeah, uh, It didn't feel nearly as fleshed out as something like a Diablo, like a, even for an action RPG like a Diablo or like a Borderlands. I feel those two styles of games really, you know, you feel different every time you load up a different weapon. You, you feel different every time you add on a new skill in your skill tree. This game, you, you didn't really. It just felt incremental. Did you ever play a game called Marvel Heroes? It's PC action oh, RPG. Yes, very briefly. It was like a, it was like a Diablo style one, uh, top down. Uh, I, I did play that a little bit, not not in any great detail though. Oh man, was I ever an addict of that <laughs> game? It was literally, uh, I think, designed by one of the team members on Diablo. That game was super addictive. It had every Marvel hero you can think of, from you know Iron Man to Squirrel Girl to Ghost Rider. It had amazing costumes you know like super powerful artifacts that would drastically change i remember getting the beta ray costume for thor i thought that was pretty cool <laughs> absolutely i thought that game was just the tops and i'm so sad that it died due yeah, that's probably, a cool, cool probably because of this game yeah i know i guess it was a few years ago that it closed down i'm not sure what the overlap is there because one of the podcasts i listened to uh has one of the fellows there used to work on that game so there was some interesting design insights into that but uh, it's been it's been a few years now unfortunately but speaking of which back going back to the the, the combat 
for a second and using his ultimate abilities and I, I'm a little torn and like some of them do feel a little similar the every character has a, a press this button and you do a big AOE slam but what did feel cool is you have your if you're not playing with friends you have AI with you it'll, it'll randomly load in three other heroes and when you when you're surrounded with these other heroes and you're in a close knit sort of arena and everyone's like the AI is firing off their heroic abilities and you see over here and you see Hulk slamming a guy and look over here and Iron Man's firing off rockets and that, that did like there are brief glimpses to capturing the feel of the movies where everyone is like working in conjunction and firing off but it, 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 that was pretty rare of, often the AI was a spread around too much to really get much of that but there is a core of something cool there. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the game really opened up once you got your, um, I guess, your full squad of four characters. Mm, yes. So obviously playing single player, you'd have your char- controlled character and then you'd have your AI companions, which was a little frustrating at times because in the environment you would have these you know, environmental puzzles, right? You stand on that platform, I stand on this platform. And in, in the single player game, you basically, you know, you're hurting cats. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to run between all the platforms yourself. And they did give you a fairly adequate time to get to them. But obviously in a multiplayer scenario, you'd want the humans to coordinate that sort of action. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I was telling you last night when we were playing that because you, you have these finisher moves and an enemy gets low on health and you can trigger this this finishing move that will instantly kill an enemy and you, you can do that and your AI will do that. What I really would have liked to see is the heroes teaming, like basically hero team-ups and collaborating on some of those. Literally tonight, the final battle, I, I triggered one. They do exist in the game. I saw it once in the entire game and that is so oh, disappointing nice. that it wasn't front-loaded more. Like I, I was fighting, I was fighting as Hulk and was holding down a big a big baddie, and then Kamala came in and slammed him with his fists as like one big cinematic that was completely dynamic, and that was that was great. Why wasn't there more of it? <laughs> I played the whole game like you did, and I didn't recall seeing a single instance of something like that. So it either went by too quickly, or it wasn't signposted well enough. They could have done something like uh, even like the Fire Emblem mobile game, where they sort of build up affinities between characters that you play with. Because most of the missions, you do get a choice as to which characters you take out. So you might as well build up those affinities and highlight them. There is the core of something cool there. I think, I mean, I, I imagine a lot of this came from up high with uh, Square Enix, the, the the publisher, dictating a lot of these design choices that, I mean, I, I, I th- I'm pretty sure I've heard various stories of them running out of time and being pressed to fit too many things into the game and just were never able to polish off any one of them to a great degree so it's a shame there there is the a, a core gem of, of something something cool there i'm glad i played the uh single player campaign it's one of the more enjoyable uh single player campaigns i played recently you know definitely not groundbreaking but i enjoyed it more than the playstation spider-man game oh really Yeah. You know, I thought that the variety of the character abilities kept it from being so samey and so repetitive. I can see that. That said, I'll probably go back to it because that game has a lot of great polish to it. It's much more of a true open world game, but open world games, they're double-edged swords, right? You can get (laughs) sort of tired of that open world nature unless you got agility orbs keeping your your blood pumping. (laughs) I'm glad I played it. I'm glad it sort of ended where it did. And some of those set pieces near the latter third of the game were pretty darn impressive. What did you think? There were, there were some cool set pieces. I, I feel they were a little few and far between. Like there was three or so across the whole campaign, but there was a lot of filler in between, I thought. And speaking of Spider-Man, like one, really one of the downsides I found here is even though there's variety in the heroes, there is no variety in the enemies i mean perhaps we'll leave that a little for for the spoilers um but speaking of spider-man he's being he's coming to this game next week so you can you can get if if you haven't played the other spider-man game you can get your fix here and and all that dlc is free like they've added several characters over the course of the game that are all free i will give them props for that they've added what black panther hawkeye kate bishop i'm forgetting someone i'm not sure if they changed it, but as I recall, the Spider-Man 
expansion was to be limited to Sony platforms. Yeah, that's what that's the announcement I saw. Okay, maybe maybe because that was who was originally supposed to come out last year as a Sony exclusive, and that never happened. So maybe I'll do some more digging. I'm, I'm, I'm quite curious to see Black Panther actually because it's I think it's Christopher Judge uh, voicing him. So oh, I, I, I might go back and and play through his side quest. Christopher Judge of God of War fame. Yes, yeah, and Star Trek, not Star Trek. Uh, sorry, Star Stargate, Stargate. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> SG One. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that that does sound cool. Yeah, I might want to check out Black Panther because it sounds like maybe they would introduce a cool new environment. Yes. Yeah. Which sure. would be totally worth it because you're totally right. It's got very samey by the end of it there. Yeah. So for, for me, I'll wrap it up to say I enjoyed the campaign. I, I really enjoyed almost everything about this game except for some of the frustrating mishmash of game design uh, and a lot of that was obviously driven by uh, by corporate they really chose a great studio crystal dynamics there this particular team was known for their excellent single player focused um, 3d adventure games like the deus ex games and i feel like they achieved that but they also had to achieve this bloated half-baked multiplayer game as a service component and that really was a, a detractor so it really is a shame it's hard, it's hard to know what the studio meddling was there uh, I mean, they, they have made a few changes over the over the years I mean, there might be some more improvements to be made i know a month or so ago they did add paid xp boosters uh, to the game, they to they 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 slowed down the rate progression, and a couple of months later, they added a way to give them real money to to increase that, and then they've since taken that out again, obviously due to the backlash. Uh, so it's, it's it's still the middling continues, but hopefully they they manage to eke some some improvements out of this and and make it shine one way or another. There might be an overhaul on the way who knows thanks to xbox game pass i feel like they've really given this game another shot in the arm give it a sort of second life or a second opportunity to to get played i mean i definitely chose not to buy this game but i was <laughs> glad it came on game pass yeah it's a perfect perfect game pass game but speaking of bloated messes why don't we jump to spoilers <laughs> okay so this is it we're gonna put in the sound effect spoiler wall boom it comes down Anyone who doesn't want to hear about a particular plot elements or um, missions in this game should sign off at this point. Should we talk about what uh, board game we're going to play next before the spoiler wall? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next, next podcast will be on a board game, and it's not a worker placement game. I made a, we made a conscious effort to, to, to break out of a comfort zone there. So we are taking a visit to our backyard of Cascadia, a game I, I've covered myself on my channel, and I know we've discussed in the past, but we'll be taking a deep dive into it for the podcast. Not to mention, we also have another big announcement that we'll have our very first guests on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. And with that, we'll leave the main component of today's episode. Uh, and then we're entering behind the spoiler wall. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So what did you what did you like in particular about the, the, the story, the plot, the characters? How'd you feel? Well, the uh, so the main villain I thought was done pretty well. That was very gradually revealed. I'm not particularly. Uh, well, I guess we'll just come out and say it. Uh, we're dealing with Modok here, so something that's not been covered in the in the cinematic universe. So there's not really a direct comparison to be made. I know there is that uh, new Patton Oswalt sort of stop motion show. I've not seen that, but I mean that that's obviously not. <laughs> on this, on the same scale as the movies, anyway. So we're dealing with a relatively unknown villain here, uh, and I thought they did a good job of, of of making that reveal quite gradual. It's, it's very much his origin story, going from regular scientist was it Doctor Turkleton? Uh, yeah, Tarleton. <laughs> Tarleton, yes, um, and then very gradually turning into to Modok. I, I mean, I remember when they when they first reveal. Uh, that that he's like brain he's starting to get bigger and I thought oh they're going with the brainiac wait oh wait oh, that's that's the wrong that's the wrong comic branch uh, that's DC um, but yeah so they got it's, uh, the, the Modok reveal was was quite cool I thought I didn't realize where they were going with that uh, until halfway through the game 
you know, they, they finally come out and say, I am Modok or whatever, which they didn't even explain what his character, what the acronym stands for <laughs> or like whatnot. Murder, murder machine or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Something to that effect. Uh, so, of course, Modok <laughs> comes hand in hand with AIM. It's, it's basically the high tech. Baddies. Which means a whole lot of robots. Hope you like robots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Modok always in my mind is uh, just Krang. Right. Yes. That, that was the other one that I always get confused with. <laughs> of TMNT, obviously. So that you know, whatever Modok is just like you're. You're just Krang to me, and Aim is just you know standard punching bag robot army. So sort of uh, lacking in a lot of characterization there. There are some super soldiers. I forget what they were called. I think they're known characters, but they're those sort of jetpack baddies that um, sort of fly in 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 about halfway through the the game. Uh, Actually, right around the right around the Ant Man reveal. What did you think about yes. that? Yeah, I mean, that was, it was surprising they brought him in and then you don't actually get to play as Ant Man. He's there's some throwaway line about his powers not working or he's not his powers would kill him. They've changed his physiology or something. So that was it. Was a shame. It was that character was played pretty straight. There wasn't really much of a take on that character, to be honest. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was initially the biggest sort of departure from the cinematic universe, right? Because first of all, it's Hank Pym. It's not. Um, it's oh. not the younger. It's not the younger uh, Ant Man of the cinematic universe. Yeah, I remember his name Scott. <laughs> right, Scott. So it's Hank Pym, the original Ant Man at this point. Sans, uh, Sans Wasp. Uh, but essentially, he's responsible for this secondary faction, which was sort of tangential, right? I mean, it was cool to see some of the other Inhumans, like you throw like kind of X Men type characters, so a few other cool abilities coming into play there. But they don't really do much with any of them. It's just walk around another hub area and talk to the faction rep <laughs> and buy some more gems to plug yeah. into your character. Like there wasn't very much. Yeah, it was teased at. It's sort of like fan service, right? Which, you know, you can't blame them for doing fan service when it comes to a superhero property. I imagine if the game took off well, they would have, like, brought... I mean, they may still do this. They may bring him back into the... Now you can play as Ant-Man. Although I guess the, the whole size thing doesn't really work with the scope of this game. Like, <laughs> how, how like the everyone has to be roughly the same size, I guess, for the combat to work. <laughs> yeah, they enlarged to Kamala a bit. Yeah, she's a little bigger. I mean, other than a couple of uh, like very specific cutscenes. <laughs> Beyond the spoiler wall, there there are a couple other sort of mini bosses, right? There's a Taskmaster, like in the recent uh, Black Widow movies. Right, I've not seen that. Yeah, Taskmaster is the mini boss in the first very first mission. The tutorial, yeah. So you see him in the tutorial, and then early on, you see Abomination. That's right. But then the bosses from that point on are just invariably big robots. Oh, now it's a, 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 a big spider robot. Now it's a flying robot. Now, like now it's three. They, spider they really robots. had the opportunity for the rogues gallery. Like Spider-Man did that. Uh, Arkham Knight did that. Like that's where this game could have shone, shone, but instead it's just such generic enemies. None of the boss fights are particularly memorable. Like the final one was okay. I mean, I don't like that the final one relied so much on ranged <laughs> ranged attacks, but uh, outside of that, like, yeah, there wasn't anything particularly memorable in what you fight or do in terms of objectives. I don't think. Yeah, maybe it was a licensing thing. They spent all their money on the on the hero licenses. Well, they are there. I, I know some of the side quests, like to fill faction rep, you can go and fight Taskmaster again. I know Loki is in there somewhere. You can. I, it must be Thor's side quest, I think. But the fact that they like. They have so many of these characters, that, like iconic characters to pull upon, and just here's another boring robot. Like I really don't know what they were, what they were trying to achieve with that. I'm really hoping for the Hawkeye and the Black Panther DLC. Certainly, must have different environments and different bad guys. I'm pretty sure that Claw is in the Black Panther one, for instance. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and there was also a hidden reveal of the Kree involvement right at the very end of it. Right, I don't know much about the Kree. I think that was it was Ronan the, in Guardians Ronan of the Galaxy. Is a Kree. Was he Kree? Right, Captain Marvel is, hangs right. out with the Kree. Yes, yeah. There was a, there was a giant big Kree sentinel. Big, big and there's a bunch thing. of Kree stuff in Agents <laughs> of Shield, the TV show too. Uh, but okay, that's the extent of my knowledge with them. Right. 
Let's just to touch up on a couple other things. Favorite set piece, go. I mean, I guess the 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 space the the, the satellite. I guess when you, you you've you've just found Cap. Cap's alive. Big what a twist! Big reveal. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And then you're escaping the exploding satellite and uh, jumping jumping around. I thought there. that was a little frustrating myself with some of the jump timing. Yeah, that, that those linear segments don't feel particularly well balanced. I don't think. Uh, but they, it, right. it is an actual crafted set piece as opposed to here's some open world it's almost like an uncharted at that point they they give you the instantaneous re- restart and whatever which is the only way to do it my favorite set piece was the attack on the helicarrier oh yes yeah which i thought was really fantastic like the avengers are assembled at that point what's when you first find thor i think isn't it yeah, that's right. That's how they cap it off. But even leading up to that, where you're trying to escape the bowels of the helicarrier as Kamala, and you actually haven't seen Kamala in a little while at that point. So it was nice to see her come back. And it's just nice to see that environment, which you've grown very familiar with at that point, being shown in an entirely new context. It'd been polished up, cleaned up, and now it's being battered again. So, <laughs> well, they sure nice. managed to clean it back up again pretty quickly. I don't know where they're getting all these resources from. <laughs> Must be Tony Stark, right? He's got some <laughs> scrape, scrape, stock scrape somewhere some he can cash change. out. <laughs> um, the last run up to the end of the game was a balance of really fun, exciting set pieces plus some really boring as dishwater gameplay, like the forced segment with. Hulk and Kamala near the end was just so repetitive and boring. I don't mind that so much. It's more like the, the when the actual bits fighting with Modok because he's like shielding himself. You've got no choice but to use ranged attacks, and which is like the weakest attack you have. So you just stand back and sh- you're playing as Black Widow. You just stand there and shoot Modok in the head a bunch. And I'd never found another way of really dealing with him. So I just spent five minutes shooting Modok in the head. <laughs> the gun <laughs> that one was repetitive as well but black widow is my favorite character so i didn't mind it that much none of my characters are particularly leveled up so i guess that makes a difference as to which parts got frustrating there I, i'm glad i played through it till the end it's what you would expect you started off as the assembled team and you finish off as the assembled team and you give everyone a chance to sort of strut in front of the camera and try out their you know fully fleshed out abilities and give one to the the big baddie at this point being the fully engorged uh, modok with his uh cree uh companion sort of reminded me actually the end of moana of all things with the giant cree beast ultimately it's a bit of a shambling mess i think it it, it also depends on how much you're a fan of those those characters like i'm not a huge marvel fan I've, i've watched most of the movies i've read a couple of comics but i'm not like a Marvel fan, if you know what I mean. I'm only slightly more. Like, if, if nostalgia is your thing, there's something, there's some stuff, sure, I'm sure there's stuff to be found there. Yeah, I would say that this game was mostly fan service, you know, marred by some bad uh, choices by some executives, but the dev team, the, the production team, they know their stuff. There's something worth playing there. I'd give it a good B-grade effort. The, the, the core is solid if you're willing to, to put up with everything everything else around the edges. <laughs> well, I'm happy to leave it there. Yep, yep, okay. Thanks for staying for this extra long episode with the spoiler uh, wall. Uh, maybe there'll be more of that in the future. Yeah, well, we've actually, this is the first time I've actually finished a game for the podcast, so I had a little bit more to discuss this time. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the next board game with guests. Yes, so we'll see you all next time uh, on the Omnigamers podcast. Thanks for listening, and go play those games. (laughs) Keep playing those games. (laughs) Bye. Bye.